0: Let's All do it. Right. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Grind My Gears. I have a very special guest today, uh, and he's an amazing person. But before I get to him, log on to www.ashtonandarimma.com, and we got the new line, the DILFBOD shirts. Huh? Let me move this mic. Uh, <laughs> DILFBOD. We got the new yeah. line out. Just, just released DILFBOD. <clears throat> I'm starting a new movement. It's not only about MILFs anymore. <laughs> it's about DILFs. I'm a dad. And let's let's do it. So if you log on to www.ashtonandaraymma.com, get your new DILF bod shirt. Use discount code DILF and get yourself. I'm <laughs> in. Mean, count me in, man. I need one. <laughs> uh, and uh, Professor Bruckman or Justin Bruckman, as other people know. I know him as Professor Bruckman because in Thanks, the martial man. arts community, we are respectful. How's it going, professor? I'm good, man. Life's, uh, yeah, life's,
1: life is fantastic. I actually am going to start, so many things happening, you know what I mean? Start a new career and then, uh, but still be able to be on the mats and I'm healthy. And for the most part, yeah, life's, life's okay, man. I, it's uh, exciting as usual. Yeah.
0: Well, you always keep it exciting. You're like, I try to, man. You're one of those, I, I have a hard time finding, like, I can't ever recall a time where I've actually seen you like pissed off. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. Life's too short to be angry, man. Like, I don't know. I, I, li- I lived half of my first half of my life mad and it wasn't worth it. You know what I mean? I just do it. I try to do everything with a smile on my face and, and to kind of stay on that constant adventure and see the good in everything. And that's the only way to live, man. That I, I can't, you know, you can't sit around and sulk. Does get anything done
0: well? I mean, if the last what, how long has it been? eighteen plus more than 18 months now since the yeah, it's almost two years, you know, it's crazy. Almost two years shifted. I mean, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you is because I know like things for you kind of changed quite a bit over that time. So, how mm-hmm. like I like I know COVID's like a, a fucked up time, but how has it kind of shifted or changed your perspective on life? um man it's in so many different ways it's
1: it, it's 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 really sad to see the divide in people it really shows the ugly side of people but at the same time it's really shown uh it you know man how kind people can be you know what i mean and uh it, it really it really 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 has like um, yeah, Coba's throwing the gas on the on the human race, man. You get to find out who the good and who the bad are really easily now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's quite, a, it's it, quite it's,
0: obvious, like like now. I mean, it's it's quite obvious when you just simply just turn on your phone, you can kind of see. What's yeah, it really it shows people. It's it's sad because
1: the internet is makes everything so much. Uh, it's just a goddamn mess, but it really did show people's true colors and had their ugly sides. But like I said, the, you know to it it really did bring out the best in people, man. I've seen so much kindness from people, you know what I mean? And people, as much as it's driven people apart, you see people really step up to help each other too. So yeah, I mean, you know there, there's that side to it as well. So
0: I mean, like I, the martial arts community and in, in specific suffered a lot during this time. Oh, mainly, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into all the, like the political bullshit. Cause we all know that, but it was like mainly because martial arts got lumped in with the fitness industry, basically. When it's, yeah, it's it's a part of fitness, but like, it, you you know what I mean? It got lumped into that 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 danger zone, and like, um, the, gov- the government government's sort of sort of like blacklisted it. To, to
1: yeah, quit. but I don't think they really had a choice. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, maybe that fit, the fitness industry and the martial arts is we know the difference. But in really, like, going to the gym and and that fitness industry and, and it's just as important to people as martial arts is yeah. you know what i mean that's their parent therapy as well so they really uh, from the political standpoint they had no choice but the lump is kind of all in together man like it is you're going in there and and you know sweating all over each other and like in crowded spaces and whatever so from that that kind of i guess scientific point of view like why wouldn't they put us in the same thing well, but the yeah. whole the, the whole thing is a goddamn mess right yeah so, so it's
0: yeah and like um obviously you started that this new venture right but like mm-hmm. i want i wanted to tell you before like when when you put out that message that you know Brockman's MMA was was going to be closing down temporarily or like we'll we'll get to that but that one really hurt me a lot right cuz i yeah. used to i used to drive out there long drives to make it there and it was such a great experience i i loved coming to your place so when i when that one when 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 you said when you, when you said you were going to do that, it really hit hard, and I think it hit a lot of other people hard because I think that's when we knew that this was kind of real. You know what I mean? It affects yeah. it affects a lot of people, and that one really hit everybody a lot hard because once once you said that, and uh, you know, I would go to the gym, and people were like, oh man, Professor Buckman's place, right? So, I mean, what led to that decision for you?
1: I. Uh- it was a lot of, it, there was a lot of factors, like good and bad for that. Like you, uh, man, I've had the, I've had, I've had the most amazing career and job in martial arts. Like I've done more than most people will ever get to experience in this job. Like in my, my generation and Omar and everyone else, like we made this job up, you know, it didn't even yeah. exist before us really. And, um, but it's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard physically. And uh, emotionally invest so much into the job and the people, and a lot of us we're just not businessmen to begin with. You know, I mean, I was a fighter with no education, and I didn't know what else to do. But I knew how to fight, and I knew how to. I learned how to teach, and I learned how to run the business side a little bit of things. But I was never really good at that part, and it was that became very very stressful over the years, especially when you re- COVID hit, we really had to start crunching numbers, and that wasn't my strong point and and uh emotionally dealing with all these people and relationships and, and 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 coaching and just mentoring it gets exhausting for the amount of money you're paid to do I I invest my heart and soul into anything that I do I'm going for it you know what I mean so yeah. uh and it was just draining for years and years training and uh as much as I loved it uh I knew I was going to have to get at it at some point cuz it was going to kill me anyway Yeah. And so when covid kind of went down it was a fucking disaster because like i was just like everyone else i was scared i don't have any other job skills or anything else and um but i was so fortunate that all, all of almost all of my students were like keep cash in our checks you know what i mean we'll keep it, we'll keep the place going and and uh we need, we need it to be there when when this is over with and even more importantly the people who were did know that i was tired they're like just take the money until you decide what you want to do. You've done enough. Right. So now I was like, Oh man. But so hundreds of people gave me the opportunity to like sit back and really, you know, reassess my life and figure out what I want to do. And uh, so it was a combination of like COVID crushed, you know, decimated the industry sort of thing. And, and, uh, and I was a little bit tired and worn out anyway. So if COVID hadn't have come and these things happened, I never would have. I would still be doing the same grind, you know. What I mean, I never would have taken the chance to do something. So in a way, it, it made me. Uh, it, Blessing. It Maybe show. Yeah. yeah, man, it made me show my cards and like and fuck and man up and do something new. So, um, yeah, it, it was a it was a really really tough decision. And because uh, I've done this, I've never had a job. This is what I've done this my whole life. I've just I fought till I couldn't fight anymore, and then I did this this did that. and then but it was a couple yeah it was a few of my students who have moved on to open their own gyms and they're like we got it from here man this rest you know it's like fuck yeah thank you, man like that's all i needed to hear because i needed to know the hardest part for me closing wasn't the money i could work anywhere i can work at walmart you know what i, mean? Yeah, I know what you mean and then uh but it wasn't the money that i was going to leave all these people that called our place home without a home you know what i mean but everyone landed on their feet and and uh, all the gyms that made it in my little circle are Alliance, man. They're fucking booming now, right? Yeah. Because everyone's itching to get back, and then they they absorbed all my people, so I still see all my students every week, and everyone's doing great. You know what I mean? So uh, it was just, you know, yeah, like, it was a blessing in disguise. It was time for me to get out because I was gonna have a heart attack sooner or later. So <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I mean, it's not the easiest industry. Uh, I, no. I don't. I don't think people really understand. How much actually goes into it, uh like you spend years and years and years getting that black belt to be able to proficiently teach and communicate and not only just teach and communicate but actually bring up like good students like good martial yeah. artists. and for the most part, we don't get paid during that process of getting to that black belt or getting to that uh really good stage of instruction and skill set. Like you don't make, yeah. any, you don't make any money getting there. And then no. when you, when you do get there, it's kind of like what you said. It's some guys are really good teachers, but they're not great businessmen and it's not their fault. Cause there's so many components to it. Like it's to yeah. be a great, so you can be a half-assed instructor and a great businessman, which there are some, some of those. Oh, ab-
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: They, they have, they have a room full of hundreds of people, but you know, I'll I'll pop in once in a while and be like, Yeah, the instruction, whatever no. It's not mm-hmm. the greatest, right? But then you'll have the ones the like, you know, the Omar's of you that have dedicated lives to like perfecting and honing the craft. And yeah. there's a give and take. You can't be that good and not and like run like a company like Apple. You know what I mean? It's just Yeah,
1: no, um, for sure. There is uh I don't I know very few people that can manage the people and the money at like that top-notch level. You know what I mean? It's one or the other. You know, I look at a guy like, like Kringo, like that guy knows how to do it because he's a ridiculously good instructor. And he trains, he trains like world champs, but he handles his money and builds his business well on top of it. Right. And you'd rarely get that where we have a leader who everyone loves, but can still get paid at the same time. You know what I mean? It kind of, it's always, ends up being some uh there's a the guy at the gym who's a great instructor and everyone loves li- everyone loves and then some shitty partner that no one likes because he's the money guy you yeah. know what I mean it kind of that's usually how it goes to be successful but this there is people now Cal Sammer is another example 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 in Bonville who the owner Brendan Kaljunik great fighter excellent coach good businessman as well like so that's that new breed is coming guys are seeing there is an industry so the fighters are learning how to like you know manage the side of it when they get out of of competition right so that's happening
0: that's one of the blessings that came out of covid for me too because like i think a lot of people think like i was i was doing super well before but i was actually just being a contractor i was working right and my wife my wife was had her job and then in December of 2019 we had our second kid and yeah so she went on mat leave right when COVID started and then when everything got shut down my position as a trainer the contractor that went out the door so mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're like hey you had this company you started but you didn't do anything with it step the fuck up big boy <laughs> it's time yeah. to put it's time to put your big boy pants on and so that and that's what I did and to me it was the blessing in disguise because if that didn't happen, it went to like you know like when fighters need that push or people just need that push, and that was mm-hmm. that for me it was as soon as I realized, shoot, we have like she she's not an employed and and you're fucked now Ashton. you step it up right, so I mean,
2: yeah,
0: I think it was a blessing for a lot of people, but I also think like not everybody was able to step up to the plate,
2: so to speak,
1: yeah,
0: I think um I
1: it's it's easy for. Everyone, no matter what you're, who you are, man, woman, or and what your career is, whatever else, but to be become complacent. So when you're faced with adversity, it's kind of a lot of times it's just easier us to sit back and just see what happens. Like, but I think like guys like myself and you, and, like who 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 already know how to fight. You know what I mean? Like we've already kind of done the hardest shit. So you're like, nah, yeah, you got to. It's just another challenge. Like if I wasn't um, like fighting and everything I've done led me to this point but you know you know you but at the same time if i didn't learn all those skills first if i might have met this fork in the road in my life without all the skills i learned you know in the trenches i would have probably fucking crumbled you know what yeah. i mean like so what do you get man you've been locked in a cage with a dude trying to fucking bite your face off like what's the worst that's going to happen now i tell
0: you know that me? to a lot of people because they'll, they'll be like because sometimes like you know when you know when shitty thing after shitty thing after shitty thing happens and like most people will be like, oh, this, this is terrible. My life sucks. Mo- a lot of the time, I'll be like, ah, whatever. And they're like, how can you have that attitude? And, I'm like, and I'll say, "To me, you want to know what the worst place in life is to me? It's being in the third round, absolutely exhausted, and having a monster on top of you, full-mounted, beating the fuck out of you. To me, yeah. that's the worst place I can be on the planet. Like that, yeah. That that is the thing I fear the most. If that's not happening to me, I can deal with it. So, I yeah, mean, yeah, like, so that's the beauty of like, if I, even if I was to never compete again, I've, I've taken that away from the sport where, like, that is the worst place that I can imagine. If I'm not there, then life is peachy. You know? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Oh, you said we, to be good at what we do you have to continuously put yourself in tough spots yeah. right and uh, so that becomes a habit and when the tough you know these things come up then they are more manageable right because you you are used to being in those situations that are high stress and high pressure you just got to come up with the answers to the questions that are thrown at you
0: right absolutely so what led you to this new business venture with uh Tattoo? Um,
1: yeah. So I now work at, uh, unwanted laser tattoo removal in, uh, with Ontario. And, um, I have a very good friend, uh, who uh, my best, yeah, I would say my best friend, we've been traveling and training around the world for years. Uh, he's, his, uh, his fiance is, uh, I became very good friends with her and she already ran a very successful, like, uh, uh, Salon, like clinic, they do the lashes and brows and all that weird women stuff. And they wanted she use, she's like, I would like to add this. I'm going to start a new business that I would like to add this. Would you like to be getting involved? And I'm like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and they hooked me up. We, we, uh, we did the trade. They helped me out with the training and, and, uh, she built the facility and it's beautiful. And she literally just, uh, tailor made this job for me because she knows my, Skills with people, you know what I mean. I'm yeah. easy to talk to. I can relate to anyone, rich or poor, uh man or woman. I understand tattoos. I understand the business. I understand, you know what I mean. Let's say just traveling the world and teaching for 20 years. I just I know how to get along with people and yeah. make them feel safe. And uh I have the greatest fucking job in the world, man. I, That's I I'm in my I'm I'm in my workspace right now. I'm like I'm going to go report at work. Yes. It's I can't. I think anywhere I'd rather be than at work every day. It's the fucking best job in the world. That's like, yeah, I was I was born to do this job.
0: And that's the best thing. That's like yeah. One of the one of the hardest things for because I I have a lot of clients and I work with I train a lot of people. And one of the hardest things for me to like stomach sometimes is when like I ask somebody if they enjoy what they do and they're just like meh, it's a job. And I'm like and I get I understand that and I understand people have to pay the bills and stuff. But I really love, like I love what I do. I love all mm-hmm. the things that I'm doing right now. Uh, I I love it. Like I have to get up. I barely get any fucking sleep. I combined with still trying to get my body back in shape to to compete again, combined with raising two fucking kids. It's a like most people would cave. But I wait. I'll yeah. wake up at five and I'm like, fuck. I'm sorry. Oh, whatever. I love what I do. And like, yeah. That's you know once you get that why. It's hard to stop you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's very few people to say they like the job, man. It's, it's it's the reality
1: of things, you know what I mean? And even with my old job, like uh, on on paper or from the outside, it looks like the greatest job in the world, but it's still hard as shit and very stressful. As much as I love it, there's always going to be components that you don't like. Anytime you have to do something for money, it's going to involve something that sucks. Like fortunately for you and I, uh it's only like only like 10 20 sucks the rest of it is great that's yeah. easy to live with right we're like i i've had jobs where i dread even like before my last job ended i hated going in there every day even though i loved it in a, you know what i mean i've still like i dread going to work and yeah. yeah i feel bad for people that have to live like that it's you better you in life you better like your fucking job you like your better like your bed and you better like your car <laughs> Cause that's where you spend your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like driving back and forth to your job to pay for your bed. It's fucked yeah. up, but that's just the way the world works. Yeah. And yeah, very few people say that, you know, they love their job and you hear it all the time. Well, if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. I'm like, I eh, wish it was that easy for everyone. Man.
0: Uh, it's but, not that, it's not that easy, but I think it's more of the, the why, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When that, when that dumbass alarm goes off and you're like, fuck, I just want two more hours. I just wanna lay in my bed two more hours, but there's like that little trigger in your brain that says, you know, why? Why get why why is your alarm going off? And you know, for me that's when I get up. And sometimes like I'll get up and I'll still wanna just lay back down, but then I'll look in that in that bed and I'll see those those two little two little shits and I'm like, all yeah.
1: right. Yeah. They're- oh for for sure, man, like that's it's yeah, man, you got it's that's love, man. You got to make sacrifices, <laughs> right? And that's uh and they like that's the best job in the world is being a parent, right? Yeah. So you I, just I, so, so you got to do the other one to enjoy
0: that one, you yeah, know. Anyway. So I wanted to talk about jiu cuz that's what Yeah,
2: man, let's go. Uh, uh
0: now I wanted to ask you about something that I've I've been grappling with people with for a while. What difference between the the new jujitsu right like our sport jujitsu that's occurring and um old school self-defense jujitsu because i was i I was listening to like uh hickson he he was on um he did a podcast with jocko and with joe rogan recently yeah and they were talking he was talking about how jujitsu back in the day was defense base where you you know, you're a, an average student will go into the gym and they actually know how to defend themselves against strikes and defend mm-hmm. themselves against an opponent that's actually like physically trying to hurt them. Whereas mm-hmm. the new kind of jitsu that, you know, most n- people will get involved with now as a white belt is sport jujitsu, where yeah. you don't necessarily, the skills aren't necessarily always transferable in real life situation. What, what do you think is like the best approach or the best way?
1: Um, so I'll tell, ta- I'll tell you, I think I can almost guarantee you're going to agree with me because you learned from professor Omar. So, uh, I, de- I'm like the way I-, I love, I love all forms of jujitsu. Yeah, it's beautiful. Story. and I think it's creative. Right. But I, I learned jujitsu because I wanted to fight. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I didn't learn Jiu Jitsu to learn Jiu Jitsu. I want to do MMA. So it's just functional. Like, so the way I teach still and the way I train still, when I do train is I go old school, school, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, self defense, like close, like how to defend yourself from, from strikes and close guard and takedowns, whatever else in plural. because it, I find even for me, when I roll with the more mo- I stick to the absolute basics. So when I do roll with these more modern guys, like these, brown and purple belt like studs i i might not beat them but i know how to defend myself at all times they are going all this worm garden and bird and weird shit i'm like all right but and you might take my back but you're not going to fucking choke me because i learned how to defend myself in a fight first right so i find that traditional brazilian gsu and substance training works no matter what the rule sets are so i try to coach that first and uh you know, what I mean, now it might not win you matches, right? Because of the way the advantages and the points and the, and the lapels and all these things work. Now it might not win, but it's still very transferable. Gee, no gee IBJJF rules. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Um, so I, but so I still love the creative side uh, of jujitsu. Someone said to me once, they like something. They're talking about art or music and blah blah, blah and they're like. They, they're like yeah justin you're an artist i'm like i'm not an artist they're like yeah you're a martial artist yeah <laughs> i'm like oh yeah i'm like that makes sense like there's real when it comes to that point like how long have you done gsu now like 15 years like
0: that a lot right. around that yeah but yeah you're right 14 yeah right so and how many
1: times like how much have you watched it evolve you learned you learned probably close guard and then you started. with and then eventually Eddie Bravo came along and there was the rubber guard and then there's and then Delaheva, and every year, every two years, it changes what's popular over all constantly reinventing itself. Now it's some, uh, about the worm and all the new lapel stuff. It's always changing, but that's what makes it fucking awesome too. Right?
0: So, the, the thing was with is that I was doing a lot of that shit before there just wasn't a name to it. And then, like, yeah. and some guy or some some really good guy went into some tournament, started trashing people with it, and then all of a sudden they got that that name. So like, there's like stuff like the worm guard or like, I just play a lot of half guard, but then like mm-hmm. I I don't even know the fucking term. Someone was like, "You're doing this," I'm like, "I don't know what the fuck that is." I just put my shin there, and that's that's what I've been yeah. doing yeah. for yeah. for ten years. But it's got some new name because some guy did it. So I mean, yeah. I, the stuff that I've been doing hasn't changed. I've always stuck to me. I was always fundamentals. And even with the, like, it's the new style of jujitsu, like, um, how I was taught was, you know, the Marcus Soros, Carlson Gracie smash. Yeah. Stuff. And I found that smashing a lot of these new, new things works almost 98% of the time. And it's,
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's and so, uh they they quit.
0: Yes, like like so like yeah. while I do respect like I think my my biggest concern with my jiu and would be you know the whole leg lock thing with the Donna her yeah because that is just a whole nother intricate thing I would have to spend hours and hours and hours really really studying those positions which I haven't done yet because it doesn't really go with my style but I like to know it just in case I just I, you know I don't want my knee ripped off right. But uh, yeah. I find that using old school smashing style and just pasting and putting the body weight on guys when they're trying these really uh, for their fun techniques for the most part because they look cool. Like when, it, when it's successful, it freaking looks cool. But if I smash you, it, it's gone. And then all of a sudden, three minutes later, the breath increases, the energy goes down, and there goes the rubber slash worm slash whatever. I- I find
1: I, I yeah I find that a lot as well. Like I said earlier, like these guys with the modern style, they use that stuff. I, I don't train it, but I learn it so I understand it. Yeah. And they said, even if, you, even if you catch me, like there's nothing that's a surprise to me anymore. You might have a new, because what are we looking to do? Mount, take the back, you know what I mean? Like get dominant position. So like, I don't know how you're, I know that when we get there, when you do take my back, okay, now I know what to do. I can't, I don't have any idea what the fuck this kid just did to me. But once I get there, I'm going to get out. Now you're fucking dead. Right. So I, yeah, I do find with the new, that new, more modern style, which I still love, that these guys are so focused on offense that once you crush it, the, you can, they just deflate. Like I'll pass, finally, take me a bit to figure it out, but then I want to finally pass and start leaning on a guy. Yeah. They, they're quitters. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, the, uh, I learned, from Silvio Bering and Strafranco, Like I learned like from the bottom, it's all, don't let the guy touch your face. Close guard, tie him up, yeah. you'll figure out, and then wear him out, and work your chokes and arms, and, and hit the sweep and whatever else, right? And from the top position, it was like smash, nice and slow. Smash to half, smash to side, knee on belly. If you follow the points traditional point system, you should be able to kill a guy, right? Yeah. So, the other so part- that's the way I look at it.
0: The other part to that too is like some of these newer techniques that come out, I find like, say they're on top and you're on the bottom and you're like, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. I find going old school, scrambling, just creating scrambles kind of negates a lot of that too. Cause they're more that, that those kind of techniques are more dependent on the shock factor. Like, Oh, I don't know what's happening, but then we, you create chaos controlled chaos and get into a scrambling kind of position and all of a sudden he has to reset it's almost like you know when yep. someone establishes a jab and they're like jabbing you but, but 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 all of a sudden you know you interrupt the jab with your own jab and then you're back to square one so i find mm-hmm. like when i run into those kind of that style of jiu-jitsu my best option is to create those scrambles and to kind of create chaos and
1: yeah yeah i agree challenge him agree. that way yeah I have two two ways I approach that when I get into some situation I'm not quite sure of is like the one thing I do pat myself on the back is like I'm a better- scr- even at almost 50, I'm still a better scrambler than anyone, and that's because i did I did judo first, so yeah. I spent half my life upside down anyway, right? So nine times out of 10, I'm like I'm not sure what's happened, so I'm just going to like I, not freak out, but there's you know there's obviously some planning to it, it's head and hips and whatever else, but like most of the time I'm going to come out ahead in a better position. Yeah. Right. Cause I just been there more often. The other way, the other way that I approach these guys when they're, they wrap something up or there's something weird going on and I don't know what it is, I'm like, I kind of guess on what they want and I actually just kind of give it to them. Yeah. And then they're like, then that, cause when, cause they have a system, they're going to go one, two, three, four. Yeah. Right. I'm like, okay, I think you're going to do this. So I'll just give them step three. And they're like, oh. Because they didn't do, they didn't, they're confused because they didn't have to do step one and two. So their system's fucked up. Yeah. And that while they're thinking, well, excuse me, while they're thinking about what just happened, then I'm like, okay, then I gotcha. then I'll create another script, right? Yeah. yeah. So like sometimes I just hand people what they want, and then they, they once they get it, they don't know what to do with it. You know? I
0: know what yeah. you mean. The one thing I wanted to ask you about is Hickson said it, and I wanted to get your opinion because you're obviously an OG and you you're a seasoned black belt as well. Is he was talking about how in modern jujitsu, like you get to class and instructor says roll. And one guy always concedes a position. So he either Mm -hmm. sits on his ass or he's standing up. Like you shake hands, one guy's playing guard, one guy's standing up. Whereas he was saying like traditional Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they didn't do that. They actually either – they started from their knees and they wrestled or they started from standing and they wrestled for position because what ends up happening is – in Hickson's mind, and what he sees in the development of jiu-jitsu is people end up going into competition and thinking that, you know, a guard is an advantage position, which it really mm-hmm. isn't. It's, it's, a guard is not where you want to be. You want to be on top. Win, winning yeah. is done on top, it's not on the bottom. But I mean, nowadays, if you watch any jujitsu match at a high level, somebody most of the time always just sits down, right? Because they yeah. think the guard is great. So I wanted to know, like, if you what you think about that because I, I i tend to believe that too it's something i try to avoid but i also get caught up in that modern jujitsu like
1: yeah
0: style where you know so like- so
1: what what i so i i personally again i was a black belt in judo first i think like every match every match every fight everything everything starts with two guys standing yeah right you're never gonna get a fight on the couch man like everything's from the standing position. So I think personally, in a perfect world, that's where we should all start. You know, traditional lapel grip, let's let's go for throws or wrestle or whatever else. The problem with that is like in the and that that's real, right? For competition or self-defense. The problem with that is it's there's a higher percentage of injury, yeah. Right. When you start from that position, and ninety-nine percent of us are just recreational, yeah. Right. So so it's bad for business when but from, you see it from the guy that owns the gym, if everyone, if you got 30 guys in the room all standing up doing at the same, judo at the same time, you're going to lose a student that night,
0: Yeah, right?
1: Because someone's yeah. going to get hurt. Someone's going to get landed on. And it's very scary. For Both times I tore my
0: ACL were from judo throws. So like...
1: Exactly, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I, I would like every fight to stay, start from that position, but it's just not realistic Like because it, a lot of people, it's just, they're just not that committed. It's, it's just a hobby.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and for, for us, we have to protect our business and our students. So what I do is um, I'll let guys run drills and start matches from standing and seated and whatever else. But for them, when I run a class, because I'm I stay away from the competition competition side of things, I'm like, okay, you can start wherever you want, but I want a realistic position. You're yeah. never gonna fight from your knees. You're yeah. never gonna like right. I'm like, I can guarantee you, no matter where you start this matchup, at some point you're gonna end up a half guard. So starting yeah. half guard. Or right. start and mount and start with, like take a real position that's worth points or that's likely to happen in a match, and that's where you start. Yeah. And if you have an advanced student like a brown belt with a blue belt, I'm like, all right, brown belt, I'm like, let him have your back. Like, just start something, better, right? And for me, I always give the guy the dominant position because I want to work, right?
0: So basically, so I think, think starting in a more realistic bad position, so to speak, or then mm-hmm. then just sitting down and like letting yeah. It.
1: Yeah, and uh, because odds are that's – I, yeah, I play the odds. I'm going to start in a position that, that it's probably going to happen in a match, right, or a real fight. But then so you have to factor in that that in sports jiu-jitsu, one guy up and one guy down is going to happen as well, right? Yeah. So that's also why like, it's important to have the competition classes so guys can run those specific What's drills, right?
0: What do you think about jiu-jitsu in the Olympics? Like Muay Thai just got approved uh karate had its first year i'm skeptical uh about jiu-jitsu in the olympics mainly because if you look at uh karate's first year wasn't successful at all especially when you had i don't know if you saw the gold medal one where the oh yeah he got he he got knocked out with legitimate technique got kicked in the face knocked out but it was like red card that was too aggressive you lose like and then Mm -hmm. the guy walks on with a gold medal so for me, because I love rap playing, I love jujitsu so much, I feel like putting it on that stage might start watering it down a little bit just to make it more fan-friendly. Uh, what do you think?
1: Uh, I I don't think so. It, it's very possible. I don't think we'll ever go to the Olympics myself. Um, it's not as big a sport as people think that it is. Like if you're looking at a global scale, Judos 100 times as big as jiu-jitsu is you know I me mean? because everywhere every country in the world plays judo at a massive level except for us um but and even with muay thai i think that now they they they've ex- it's been accepted at some certain level or whatever else and it's still going to take three four more olympics problem before they even put it in for a test run like there's so much shit yeah. you know what i mean i don't really know how it works but uh i think it's very possible that it could make it, but I I'm I'm skeptical. skeptical. And I can I can guarantee you that the uh, the IBJHF probably doesn't want it to. No, because that cuts
0: into their profits for sure.
1: Yeah, right for sure. Like all of these because um, the uh, major Olympic sports there, there's you know what they're they're all non non profit not for profit organizations. Like that's why you don't you don't pay for judo you don't pay for wrestling. These, you know, what I mean, you go to a judo club or a wrestling club or whatever else. Like, you're all, you go to a team impact or whatever it's called. Now, that's a $300 a year membership. And that just pays for the building that you're training in. Or the, you know what I mean, like they're all, yeah. but jujitsu Jitsu is marketable, fan friendly, and it's fashionable. And that's probably the way they get. And there's the IBJJF keeps it that way. And, and, uh and, and yeah, and uh if you go to the olympics there'll be drug testing and we can't have that if you're in a DPSA. so it's fucking I, I don't care what anyone says man masters division and IBJJF. those guys are terrifying they look scarier than the guys in like adults and i'm like that's not they're not eating moose meat man like yeah, those guys they're, they're geared to sh-
0: they're on some yeah. of the Mexican yeah. supplements
1: <laughs> yeah for sure, for my, sure. My,
0: my concern with it is if it, if it does get to the olympics uh, I don't know if you're... I forgot who he was fighting in that match, but Jacques if Jacare was fighting some somebody, and he, he got his arm broke, right? It was Rog...
1: Yeah, it was Hodge Gracie.
0: Yeah, Hodge So he got his arm broke, and then he fucking tucks it in his belt. Then he goes and he continues, and he ends up winning the match, right? Like, mm-hmm. my concern is, like, if you really want... To me, that's really... That's a real jujitsu fight. Like, mm-hmm. it, if it gets to the Olympic level, like, when the arm breaks, they'll stop it. And... Mm-hmm. I to me I want to see, I want to see more. But that's just me being selfish. But like yeah. I like that. Like to me, that was like that was the definition of like a hard fought, real. Like you can, even though he broke his arm, he can go home and be like, I'm the fucking champ after winning that. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, he stayed within. The, he stayed within the rules of the match, and he won. Like there's yeah. no reason he shouldn't be able to continue. Very few people would. Shocker is a different animal, right? But um yeah so i'm not sure how if that was like uh, under a different federation or an olympic like jurisdiction i don't know how that yeah if they would have like stopped him or whatever else i don't know how that would work i
0: I would suspect they would stop him because they're like that would be like oh it's too brutal for we you know we're this is on nbc we don't want you know what i mean yeah
1: who knows i don't know that's the thing too is um but but the way things are going too is like the world loves violence man right (laughs) so but it's so <laughs> no. uh, you can see it going the other way as well. Like, I don't know. Um, so gi- I'm that judo has been in the Olympics for decades and decades and decades, but they change the rules all the time to make it more. That's the problem too. So I think that's where you're going is judo has changed its rules consistently for decades to make it more spectator friendly. Yes. Right. And that's very possible that the same thing could happen with jiu-jitsu or the problem is, is like, it's not, there is, there's, the truth is, unless there's someone like you or me, like, Jiu-Jitsu just isn't fan-friendly. No, why would anyone watch it? No. Like, we understand what's going on. But even in an MMA match, people still boo Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. And they kind of, and they, and they kind of have a clue. The most of the world doesn't know what the fuck Jiu-Jitsu is. They're like, what is this? What's he even doing? Right. So it's hard to watch.
0: If I was to film all of my roles, you would just think it's a brown guy lying on top of somebody because i like I'll just sit there for three and a half minutes and realize, Oh, I got one more minute. Then I'm going to move just because of how I st- strategize. Yeah. 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 That's not a fan. Yeah. Like nobody wants oh, to, want not it. at not, Nobody wants, not it. at all. So,
1: so if you think about judo and jujitsu, like I, this is what I believe. And I think it's legit. Cause I have a black belt, both. I'm like, it's really the same martial art. It's just different rules. Right. Yeah. So, so traditional judo, like if you if you watched judo in the olympics 40 years ago it looked way more like jiu-jitsu yeah because right so but now they change the rules and the grips and the time on the ground like if you if you don't have a, a submission or a something technique on like in transition when you hit the floor they stop it and stand it up yeah right and when jiu-jitsu is the exact opposite the fight doesn't even start until you hit the ground at the ground yeah right right so but if you man all right is is arm bar just how you want to say it like all of our techniques are practically the same. Yeah. Right. It's just one's up here and one's down there. The points are different.
0: Yeah. so, I mean, I mean, only time will tell, but also to those, the factor too, that some guys are getting paid now. Like, yeah, we get like when you think of the Olympics, you think about the, you, you want to see the best of the best at that level. Right. And you know, the Gordon Ryans, the guys that are like at the top of the game, they're not going to want to compete for free anymore because of the amount of, time and effort they put in and you know mm-hmm. they're getting paid uh the olympics won't do that you might get some sponsorship deals here or there but i mean it yeah. to, to those guys i don't think that really matters right now
1: yeah well what like you take anyone and get off like offer money to do or do it for free like why would you it's yes. just something that's always confused me though it's like now it's amateur sport but look at basketball yeah i know hockey they're all professional players. Soccer. Me. soccer
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think it's like you can't, you're not getting, you're not getting paid for that event. I don't know how it works. Cause like I, I took my kid, uh, uh, not last year, I guess, shit's two years ago now. My, one of my students, my fighters, James Clark, we went to Singapore for the worlds and, uh, for a, a, a MMA, like gamble world championships and he'd already, but the rules are, they're like your amateur rules.
2: Yeah. And
1: that's it. Everyone's, everyone's, everyone there was like pro like james's division had 16 guys with 150 pro fights between all of them you know what i mean like it's just the rule set was different that's all
0: so that, yeah that makes no sense <laughs> like yeah so supposed to be amateur athletes but then they do that with the the nba and the guys bringing in so it it makes it kind of weird i guess right it's more yeah, prestigious winning the Olympics than anything, I guess, right? Yeah. So, did you fight? Did you fight any amateur MMA at all, or did you just go pro? I did. I fought amateur. Yeah. Where did you Where did you fight amateur? I fought mostly in Ohio, and I did one in Pittsburgh, I believe. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I I can't I I've only done AMI in like in the states and like New York and stuff. But what was your shin guards?
0: Uh for the Pennsylvania one, yes. Now okay, it, but Ohio, Ohio was the you know,
1: West. They didn't go. Right. Uh, exactly, and 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 you weren't paid, but it was pro rules,
0: pretty much. Yeah, yeah. You, you just couldn't elbow. I don't think you could elbow. You couldn't elbow, but you can knee. Yeah. You can do everything else. Yeah, and New York was
1: like you couldn't. Uh, no elbows and no heel hooks or something like that, right? Which I get for an amateur level. You don't want to cut guys and you don't want to wreck some weekend warriors' knee,
0: yeah. right? Because
1: he's just trying. Dried out, but what's the difference between the amateur and the pro then? Right, oh. nothing. You don't one gets paid, the other guy gets gives it away for free. Well,
0: the fight I had in Pennsylvania was a big piss off because I was supposed to fight somebody, and you know how like people always drop out, right? So the guy drops mm-hmm. out. We didn't even know he dropped out. I was just I was at work, the job I was at there, and I was sitting on the toilet in my break time, and I'm looking at the card, and I'm like. Well, holy fuck that's not the guy i was supposed to fight and then we call the promoter like oh yeah he dropped out so we put another guy in but he didn't have enough experience according to their amateur rules so it went from being an a regular amateur fight to this like special rules amateur fight where you got yeah, right you have to wear shin guards and there's no ground and pound to the head and uh so at that time i i fought some brown belt guy who's pretty, like, he had some grappling matches against Tom the Blast and a couple of really good Mm -hmm. guys. And I'm like, whatever, I'll I'll, I'll fight him. But I ended up losing the fight by a a split decision, but it was bullshit because if I could have hit him in the face...
1: Yeah, changed everything.
0: It would have been over. There was tons of positions where I had to just hit him in his body because there's no ground and pound to the head, and he was gassed, and I would have finished him. So, like, the rule set screwed me out of a win right so like i i hate when they do those kind of things Like, i would love for there just to be a universal amateur rule there there should be what's that There should
1: be because we've i like
0: yeah sorry go ahead
1: no i like so that's why i like new york's amateur rules they were like they took away the really dangerous shit but they still put you in there with four-ounce gloves and no shins to see if you really like you shouldn't do any more than like five amateur fights I I think cuz like if amateur's just to decide if you want to do it or not these guys that are just training three days a week and showing up on the weekends and doing it for the fuck of it like I get it in a way but like it's dangerous and you're taking away from the guys that really want to get it done yeah. so I think for an amateur like amateur are just to decide if you really want to do the work and then after that you find out if you're good enough to be a pro right if you're 0 as is an amateur stop yeah. you know what I mean but- like
0: you think that that's the reason why there in my opinion i don't think it'll ever happen there'll never be like a fighter's union or union
1: at- we'll never have a fighter's union because the ufc has monopoly on mixed martial arts yeah and it does so and it's never gonna happen but i don't think boxing has a union like no. no one's got a union right and like and when there's no profit sharing like they don't give a fuck man like the UFC has monopoly. If you ask nine people out of ten what mixed martial arts is, they can't tell you. But if you ask them what the UFC is, they know exactly what oh, it exactly, is, yeah. right? They, they, and that it sucks because, but that's just the way it is. And good because they, they built the brand. They built, they did. They built the sport, but like it's, they're never gonna let it happen. Like no other professional sports organization in the world has such a shitty, uh, like, like uh, profit sharing like percentage with yeah. athletes it's crazy right they're group they, and people are going to do it if you don't fight for 10 grand the next guy will do it for five right yeah. so and because we don't, most people don't know what they're watching anyway they couldn't tell you the difference between a top 20 guy and the top 10 guy yeah. they don't know what they're seeing well you know, also so, too,
0: i find it too because of what you said about like the amateur guys and you have that those weekend warriors that get in there and they're like so those guys get pro licenses And they uh, are fighting, and so you have a guy who's maybe like five and twenty, right? And he's always on, what whatever show, but he's five and twenty. And then you know, in my opinion, like I've yet to lose as a pro, and there's tons of pros who have maybe just one loss and tons of wins. I don't feel like I should have to. I should get paid way more than that fucking guy, right? Mm -hmm. Like my, I take it seriously the other guys take it seriously the guy who's just i just he just wants a couple 100 bucks he wants to go on vacation so he hops in the cage so in my like this is me as a selfish fighter speaking i would be like well no i can promote a fight i can talk my shit i can put butts in the seats that guy's just here cuz he wants a couple bucks he's a
1: filler yeah um yeah that's that shit's hard for me to swallow right but there's it's always going to be the way of the world, man. Like they get those guys bring their own fans and then we beat them up, I guess. You know what I mean? It's just, it does suck because these guys, I, I'm, we just fought down B B2, which is down in uh, Kentucky. And a yeah. fucking good yeah. show. Yeah, really cool show. Uh, it's a pro-am. They know how to do it. They run 50 shows a year. And they fill them up with all amateurs and the regional amateurs. And they have three pros, pros on it, right? So right. Amateurs, amateurs pay for the event. And they they make enough money to pay the pros, and uh the quality of fighters was pretty decent and it was uh but yeah, these guys all down in the midwest and the kind of the mid-south, mid south my james I had james in there he did he just won his, he defended his championship, but when he won it, James is six and two as a pro, and he fought a guy with sixty fights, you know what I mean, and he winning record yeah. right, but the guy had sixty fights, I'm like they shouldn't even be in the same
0: category basically.
1: yeah right but it's just the way it is and you i don't know it's uh but yeah they, they i'm, I'm a, i guess i guess i'm just we're saying the same thing it's like we're uh well, we're pros we're snobs yeah you know what i mean like i'm a i'm I'm a pro i take this fucking seriously I, I work i work this job six days a week and put everything into it why the fuck should you be able to even taste this glory you know what i mean like
0: so do you think yeah, you, the only way in your opinion is to get a fighter's union is to be more stringent on get, uh licensing for pros? I think it should be I think it should be
1: a lot more difficult to get a license. I think I know boxing's really hard to get a boxing license, yeah. depending on the uh, the province of state, but like you gotta perform as an amateur and you have to perform in front of people who are gonna give you that license. Yeah. Right? Like I never had an amateur fight, there was pro, that was it. Right. Yeah. And but it, most most states and provinces, like, you just pay your licensing fee and then you can fight. That's mm-hmm. it, as long as you pass your beds, right? And I don't think it should be like that. Uh, I don't think you should have to be, like, a 20-0 and 0 amateur to be a pro. But there should be some level of mm-hmm. skill involved in you getting out there. Because it takes away from the guys who are actually pros and take it seriously. And someone's going to fucking die, man. Like, how are you letting a guy in the ring that's fucking go? Two wins and fifteen losses. That guy's gonna die when he runs into that kid, who's the next fucking like you know killer, like the next St. Pierre, the next. He's gonna get hurt real bad, man. And it's because there is no there is no criteria, right?
0: Yeah. Speaking of St. Pierre, that's one of the things I've always wanted to ask you. You're one of the few humans on the planet who's gotten the chance to. Well, I guess he's a Hall of Famer now, right? Yep. Uh, what was that experience like being able uh, to share that just share that experience with him regardless of the outcome
1: oh i don't give a fuck about the outcome that, was, that fight was the most important fight in my, one of the most important fights of my life and i remember like i said i was champion before i fought him and uh so he took the belt for me we didn't know much about him because just back then there wasn't all that much tape or internet and whatever else i'm like I had to, I was a champ. I had to fight whoever they put in front of me and I got this big stud young kid from Montreal and I'm like, all right, let's go. And, uh, it was short fight, man. Like there was, uh, I thought all I knew that he was uh, like a good kickboxer. And I, so I kind of trained to like, uh, you know, go take him down and put the beating on him. Cause I had good jiu-jitsu and judo and whatever else. And first thing he did come out and just put, shot a double and put me on my ass. And I was like, i i that whole training camp i'm like fuck me i never thought once this guy was going to try to take me down and it's yeah. the first thing he did and i remember he sat me down and i was like shit or fuck or something i like swore because i was it was not like i wasn't hurt i was just like well, oh shit I did not see that coming yeah and then he just crushed me i got to my feet and there was like one little scramble i had him like up in the air for a second like I'd one pat patented 50 50 throw i do and he kind of was like a cat and came back down and then he put me down again and i was like oh fuck like I he grabbed me and i felt like a fucking child like he yeah. did, I, knew what he, I knew as soon as he flapped me i was like oh, i'm fucked and then uh he had to he bounced my head off the mat like he just fucking coupled me and like i say this all the time was was people like oh you know what if you know if this happened this time, i'm like dude he beat me 100 out of 100 times he's the best fighter in history like yeah i don't make excuses at the time i'm like oh i had shit training or this or that but i'm like no man Easy. there's just people that are better than you and you have to everyone has to accept that and that guy was and, and he kept getting better and, better and better and better and better and he's probably the greatest in history now and i'm like man that fight i was just like i said i'm gonna lose every single time but i was a champion out and, and i had you know a little bit of fame and i was pretty comfortable and confident and whatever else and like yeah maybe the the training wasn't as it's always hard to train when you're a champion man when you're chasing the belt it's easy as shit right and that kid came in hungry and just kicked shit out of me and took it from me and and, uh but after that matchup i sulked for a while and whatever else and i realized you know what that guy was huge because i didn't cut any weight yeah and and i'm like okay i gotta if you're gonna do this you gotta buckle down and i had to drop a weight class and like Really off my training and think that more of us professional. Like back then, we were still figuring it out, right? There wasn't all these. There were so many things we didn't know. But I'm like, okay, great. if you're gonna
0: make a run, you gotta. Pardon me. We're still the wild west back then. Like there was. Still- oh,
1: very, very much. Yeah, there was only three or four weight classes when we started. So, but that fight, I lost that fight, and I was like, I'm undersized. I got to go down to 155. So I figured out how to cut weight, make it to 155, and then I was competitive then. And then, uh, like, I, I never got to win another championship because I left TKO because they were scumbags. Yeah. But I got, go, I got to go to Shudo, which was my dream come true. Like, because the only other Canadians to do Shooto ever were Omar, uh, Carlos, and um, Joel. Joel gerson and, Yeah. And I think maybe there's a couple guys on the West Coast, but, like, going as a 155er, if you fought in Shooto, like, that's where you wanted to go. So I fought Shudo-Vancouver. And then they, the Japanese watched me fight and I knocked my guy out like quick and they, they picked me up and they flew me over there and I fought a top 10 guy and I kicked the shit out of him. And then, uh, and which put me like in the top 10, I was ranked at number nine in the world. And so like for me, and, and then I got injured after that, my career yeah. was over anyway, but like none of that would have happened if George didn't kick my ass, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so, well, people were like. It's uh yeah man, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, and like, it was a, a, tr- a true blessing to be in the cage with that guy. Like I'm part of his. <laughs> he, he helped form me as a person and a fighter and a man, but like I got to be a part of his legacy too. It's Funny when when they when they play his uh, Hall of Fame highlight reel, it shows him arm barring
0: me. I'm like yes, I made it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> when I was in, when I did my training camp in Arizona after I tore my ACL. I bought his book to read while I was there cause I knew it would have. And then I was, he was in the book. It talked about you. I'm like, I know yeah. him. Great <laughs> on. Yeah. I'm yeah.
1: like,
2: I know him.
0: <laughs> but yeah. he, and he's,
1: he's the nicest dude in the world, man. He's such yeah. a nice kind guy. Like he's a good dude. So.
0: But like, like you were saying after like, it's those losses that really bring out the, the man in you sort of speak. Cause like, yeah. Um, coach Chris Bonfoco can attest to this. Like my first amateur fight, I got knocked the fuck out. Like Mm. I'm comfortable. Like I couldn't talk about this like six years ago, but now like I'm older and more mature and I, and I, I can reflect properly. I got knocked the fuck out and it wasn't because I was a bad fighter or, or whatever. He was a better guy that night straight up, but I made a lot of critical errors before I even got in the cage. But, and, Mm. And the only way for me to mature as a human being, forget fighter, just as a human being was for that to happen. But like most people would quit after that. Like your first experience in mixed martial arts is waking up on a stretcher. Right. Yeah. For me, I got home. I didn't even have a second thought. It was just, let me just heal. Let me get better. And I get, I got right back in the gym later on that year. I was fine. I, fought and i won and i knew i'm like okay this is the kind of thing i want to do like mixed martial arts still scares the shit out of me like oh my god yeah there's nothing like like i i it's funny i say this like it's something i don't want to do but i have to do right mm-hmm. even if i was to never compete i have to train because the the craziness of the situations that scare the shit out of me but then when i'm done i'm like whew, okay come on oh. world yeah yeah. Well, I, can, I
1: love, I love fighting. I'm, it's, I'm terrified of it. I love it. I love doing it. It's
0: yeah. Fun. And everything I tell, about it. I tell this to everybody, like clients ask me like, what goes through your mind when you're about to walk out? I'm like, I'm scared of shit. I'm like, I'm about to get in a fist fight. What the fuck do you think? Like my last mm-hmm. fight for King of the Cage, there was a whole bunch of confusion. They had the wrong tape on the gloves. And so one song was going on. They're like, stop. And there's all this confusion. So then by the time I get in the cage, I'm already cold. Right. Mm-hmm. And And there's this, the, the, here's the story about this guy. When we watch the tape, like I always make my wife watch the tape, right? And I, I'm like, "Babe, should I take this fight?" And she'd be like, "Yeah." So I, she, she I showed her the tape. She's like, ashton this guy's fat as shit. You can beat the shit out of him. Take the fight." When I got to the weigh-ins, the motherfucker was ripped. He had like abs on his forehead. He was fucking just jacked, right? I'm like, Jesus Christ! And then the fight happened. Like, you know, the ref is like, "Fight!" This guy sprints towards me. All of a sudden, I have to be like. Dude, this is real now. You, 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 there's no going away. Like, but that's when the fear goes away. Like when that moment yeah. happens, when he's running toward, like this guy literally sprinted towards me from the other side of the cage. King of the cage is a small cage, so it wasn't like, oh, yeah, it wasn't like I had like six seconds to react. I had one second to react and be like, Ashton, you're in a fucking fight now. Shut up and nut up, bitch. It's time to go. Right? Yeah. But Up until that very moment, I'm scared of shit. Like, I yeah. Th-
1: <laughs> I oh man I could I never had a fight where I didn't cry first. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Then where's the door? And then for me, I'm like, it's not the, it's not when the bell rings. It's the first collision. After the first collision, then you're cool. It's like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. And then so as someone throws and you don't you don't even necessarily land. It's like that first, like okay, let's do it. And yeah. then everything just goes. Then you just go on cruise control because you yeah. exactly. train you've trained it right. It just whatever happens after that happens. You just make decisions split second decisions but yeah it's the first collision and then after that you just "Ah, okay let's just enjoy it right
0: and then it's only good for like five seconds after the fight because like one of the worst questions i get like you go in you put in months of training you fight for a shitty paycheck then you're like okay i can i can relax for a little bit and then the first question be when's your next fight like i just fucking got out of there can, can mm-hmm. it be a normal human for like three days before you ask me yeah my next you know what i mean uh, i need i need to go into
1: like a serious depression for about three four weeks <laughs> reel myself back together and then you can ask me that question it's yeah, yeah. like that that crash afterwards is awful every time like i hate it man like it's like because the high is so high and when you're done like you eat and drink and you kind of feel shitty and, you, and then like it's fighting is the only thing in my in my head ever in my life that makes sense to me and then so like when i'm in there and it's happening like i'm at peace and yeah. then it's over and then you're like oh and like i just i plummet like hard man i'm not easy to get along with that after i fight yeah. and then that's the problem with retirement is i haven't figured that part out yet like what makes me happy afterwards right because like the best part about when you're fighting is it sucks when people say hey when's your next one because, but the truth is, yeah, there's always a next one. Yeah. Right. It's so there's something to look forward to. And you're like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Whatever else. But then you're like, I got to fight. Okay, boom. Everything makes sense. Yeah. It's easy to get out of bed. It's easy to write the, the right things. It's easy to get on the road and hit the weights and do all the things. Like all that shit. Life is, work's easy. Everything's just easy if you have to fight. Yeah. I Like I got, I retired from fighting and I had and developed insomnia, like overnight. Yeah. Like, and then until three years ago, I accepted a fight in Thailand.
0: That's what I was about to ask you. So,
1: <laughs> I slept this eight hours a night, every single night for three months and three months. Cause I knew I was going to fight. Yeah. And then, then I fucking, then I fought and went into a crazy depression again and fucking because you got nothing to look forward to afterwards. Sorry.
0: What sparked that? Like you, after all those years of being off and and teaching and all that, what kind? Of, like I know I know it was like you mentioned it before when I talked. To you, it was like a personal challenge you kind of wanted to do. Yeah, I always.
1: There's a lot of reasons for that. Like I, number one, beyond anything, and it sounds it's kind of cliche, but we all say it, but I'm a fucking fighter. It's the yeah. only thing I've ever the only thing I've ever known how to do. The only thing I've been good at. And it's only time that anything makes sense. So to live without that for me is really, really hard, but yeah. injuries and all these things, they add up. And I'm just like, I'm not, I, I, and I just couldn't do MMA anymore. And then, but then, and then uh, so kind of what happened, I met a few different people, like our alliance started to build with all the different gyms. And like, so I became really good friends with Matt Kendall and, uh brendan Dick and all these great kickboxers and whatever else i started training more and more and more and then i'm just like man i think i could fucking try this and then yeah. i just i walked into a smoker and they're like you want to fight someone I'm like yup. so i did a smoker one night
2: yeah
1: and i had a I ran a marathon I had a marathon schedule the next morning i ran that too and then uh and then there was an opportunity to come up there was a rec mma in oshawa and they're like do you want to fight on this you will make it a kick, kick- like you got rules like K one rules. I'm like I'm like like we we'll we can call an exhibition. You don't need any anything I'm like, Yeah, get me someone, I'll fight him. So I fought a guy from Ottawa and that and it was why that's what's really, really got me into it because um uh, I never fought in front of my friends before i had to travel i've never had a. there was no fighting here right so i got like i fought like two kilometers from my house in our local like the polish hall where everything goes down in our city and in front of all my friends and family my fucking parents got to see me fight for the first time like and uh and like it was an exhibition match
2: yeah
1: and it was the greatest night of my life because i got people actually finally got to see what i do and it was something to me I love to learn yeah I'm like okay I I don't want to kick I don't want to do kickboxing for MMA I'm like teach me how to kickbox so every week I'd meet with Kendall or Brandon and like taught teach me how to kickbox and I'm like okay now I want to go try it right and then I did that and then I was talking to Jovan he's one of my coaches he's over in Thailand he's like you want to really do one you should probably come here I'm like (laughs) <laughs> that's fucking that's the dumbest idea ever. And I was friend I was talking to Brennan, I'm like, Do you wanna to go to Thailand? He's like, Yup. I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. So same thing. He I'm like I just want I'm like, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. And then I when I say it out loud, I'm like, we're doing it and then that was uh, so I'm like I gotta learn how to tie box and it came well came with a lot of limitations for me because I I can't clinch, I have no neck. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, how am I how am I gonna tie box without getting into a clinch and <laughs> That believe it or not is jujitsu saves me because jujitsu always gives you a place to hide. Yes. Right. You want to clinch with me and I'm ducking under and taking it back. I'm just gonna sit there. Yeah. Right? And they're gonna split us. So like I always knew I could hide somewhere. So I figured out the rule set for the most part. And I'm a I'm not a big uh I'm not a clinch guy and I'm 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 not a big am not a big boxer or a kicker, but I'm 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 a puncher, right? Yeah. So I'm like if we're just we're where the tie style they they're not as good punchers. So I'm like I know what we got to do. We're gonna throw a fucking got a punch cross him. hook uppercuts. Yeah, and so I was like, I check kicks for a year. Went over there, didn't check one kick, but, <laughs> but it, cause that shin on shin it was like the worst, right? And then, uh but yeah, I just had one of those nights where like they lined this kid up, and I was like, and you just go and you fucking fight, and it, that was such a beautiful thing to me because I didn't know how many people. I didn't, th- I didn't know I had that kind of support because I never had that support in my life through my career. No one even understood what I did. But like, that fight cost tens of thousands of dollars to make happen, like with travel and training and running the gym. And like, people don't sent me money and go funded all this shit. Like, it was nuts how many people and then how many people actually sat and watched it and cheered me on. It was like, it was the best. And like, yeah, I'm in my mid forties. You know what I mean? I'm like, and um, like I fought some kid who was seven one, and I knocked the shit out of him. And like, and I just never felt so good. Like, I never. And I mean, it just felt like I brought the whole city, the whole country with me. It was the best feeling in the world, right? You go show off what I learned, you know. So,
0: now, like, one of the things I have only got to compete in North America, but like you got to compete in different parts of the world. What would mm-hmm. you, Japan and Thailand are two of the places I would love to compete in or just be able to watch it there what would you say is the biggest difference between the competitions you had in japan and thailand compared to like the u.s and north america in Um
1: i love i love fighting in japan because they just under you've watched pride and all the big shows you're like it's just quiet because that, they understand, yeah, yeah, you know, it's beautiful. They understand what they're watching. And it doesn't have to be a big punch or any of like that. When they see something that's good, they're like, hey, that was cool. Like, I really, really like that. And um, so that was nice. Like, but I like Thailand because it's like you're just almost like I didn't know who. So Japan, I study and Tape in My gut for like two months. Yeah. I know who I'm fighting, when I'm fighting in the car, what time of day, whatever else. I know everything about it. And I prep and I go get it done. Thailand, my preparation's the same. My training, like I'm gonna die no matter what. Yeah. But you get there, and I'm like, I'm looking around. I'm like, well, that's the biggest guy here. I think <laughs> I'm fighting him. And yeah. like, sure shit, I'm fighting a six foot tall Thai kid. You know what I mean? You don't. It's almost like you're gonna get a fight at the bar. You don't know who it is. Yeah. Right. And then everyone's just betting, and it's loud, and it's crazy, and whatever else. So like, I really like both of those because culturally, like Japanese do it one way. The ties, is just nothing to those guys. That's nice. just what they do all day, every single day. So it's like, nice. it's, and that here, it's still kind of a freak show here. Yeah. Like, I don't care when I, you know what I mean? It's still uh, that sports entertainment, just bleed kind of thing, which I kind of like too, you know what I mean? But I like all sides of that, uh, that. But like, I, I think, I don't think you can be, you, me personally, fighting in Japan was a dream for me. And I got to fight in at Hall, which is like fucking mind blowing. Every, every show ever and every fighter ever fought there. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was like one thing I wanted to do in my life. And I think i would, that would be my first pick to fight ever. It's like anywhere again would be there. It's just amazing.
0: Yeah, that that would be one I would want to cross off my bucket list if, if, it, if the opportunity came. Only because mm-hmm. when I reevaluate some of the competitions I did have, some of the fights I did have, like there was the one with that guy where he had abs on his forehead. He was fucking jacked he <clears throat> i talked to him after the fight and he said he like he watched my other fights and he didn't want to get kicked so he thought he would clinch me so I was, so he was clinching the whole time and i was just a better clincher because i went back you know jujitsu, jitsu and i was so the fight almost had to be boring because he made it that way right uh, mm-hmm. and um, but then that's not my fault as as, yeah. like, as like that's a, like when i like the person who I was talked to is my wife cuz she knows me the best. She's like, "No, you did what you had to do. You won." right? And because when I was in the cage, I can hear people like semi booing cuz I'm like, "Well, he's trying to clinch me and I'm just reversing this position and beating him up in the same position he he wanted to be in." right? Why would I change that? That that's what he did. I'm not I my job is here to win. But like if and now when I switched those roles and I think if that fight was in another country, like if that was in Japan or Thailand or something like they would have a bigger appreciation for how I approach that because I took the, the yeah. puzzle that was the puzzle and he, that was what he wanted to do. And I beat him in his own gift.
1: Right. You, know, so you can, you can only beat a guy with the opportunities that he presents for you. Right. So if you can't, if he doesn't want to stand, you can't hit a guy that doesn't want to fight you back. Yeah, It's impossible. He's going to tie you up or he's going to run. Right. So if you don't have two people willing to exchange, it's just not going to, ha- it's not an exchange. It's not going to happen. Right. So you do your job. People get caught up in that shit. Like it sucks for the fans because they don't know what they're watching. Your job and your job only is to fucking win. That's yeah. it. At all costs. Right? Like,
0: it doesn't matter yeah. if it's boring. It doesn't matter if it's exciting. At the end yeah. of the day, your job is to leave in one piece if you can with the W yeah. under your belt whether it's yep,
2: absolutely
0: or ugly like if it's beautiful so be it like when like when donald saroni knocked out rick story with that like amazing yeah combo and you, it looked like a video game combination yeah i know some sometimes yeah. it just falls those pieces fall and, and you see magic or like when when uh anderson franken vitor the kingdom come like that was just that's just magic but like then you have anderson versus damian maya which was a shit show right? Yeah. Like, but those are, that was the opportunity that he was presented. So like, what are you going to do? It, it was his job yeah. to win and he won, right? Yeah. That's
1: hard for people to understand. Yeah. Yeah. They just, because they don't, like I said, we've done this a dozen times. So they just don't know
0: what they're watching, right? So, so it,
1: it's all, they're not, they're all not always going to be home runs, man. Like, you got to win.
0: In the landscape of MMA and fighting now, like, we have, we have both ends of both ends of the spectrum. You have like the Conor McGregor's who are great talkers, and then you have the skill guys like Kamaru Usman, who doesn't really talk too much, but just an incredible athlete. Do you think that this sport is going
2: to continue to evolve? Makes my uh, uh,
1: man. Yeah, I think there We we still haven't even come close to seeing the the biggest freaks yet. And uh, now that and now guys are they're not just creative with their. Yeah, Usman. If you watch him, he boxes like a boxer. He's amazing. I mean, like I love the way he fights. That's why everyone brings a different style, and then they guys solve the puzzle, right? But now these guys, because the money's getting better, the athletes are getting better, the techniques getting better. Now people are starting to use their environment. Like when Anthony Pettis jumped off the cage and did that fucking kick that changed everything, oh right? Because now now people are starting to figure out how to use the cage more and be more creative in their techniques and this and that. Like they're making a flashier and hit it. like, you know, Superman's off the wall and this, and backflips and all sorts of shit. Like, you know, they're making it. I think I don't think we're even close to seeing like the potential the real, real freaks yet. Yeah.
0: What do you think about when guys like Jake Paul and Logan Paul come along and they do cop into boxing and that splash that they're creating? I, I I'm okay with it now. So
1: I have a hard time with it. Because I understand boxing and the the elite and the amount of work that goes into it, but yeah. and I'm like, it just what sucks is like these these guys, these stars, and these people. Like, oh, he's a great boxer. It's like, no, he's not. But it's okay. All I look at it like this. I just want to see who wins a boxing match between Paul and Woodley. I'm not calling either one of them great boxers. Yeah. Right. So, but right, they're they're just gonna have a boxing match to see who's better at boxing. Yeah. Boxing. So, if you, you got to stop looking at it like it's just like it's actually boxing, you just look at it like who would win in a boxing match, right? People were like, oh, he's got really good jiu jitsu. He's got really good wrestling. I'm like, I wonder who would win in a boxing match. That's all. You yeah. Know what I mean, so I'm like, who would win between this guy and this guy? Like. Of course, if he fights anyone, good. He's gonna get fucking lynched. Yeah. There, he's a decent boxer. The kid, all he does is train world class boxers. Of
0: course, he's yeah. gonna be good. He's a great right? athlete, and I don't hate him for what he's done. Like, if you can make money, make money because uh, yeah, do what he likes to do. Yeah, the opportunity might not be there in three years. Like, so you, yeah, who knows what's gonna happen in life? You might get hurt, or just life might take you in another direction. So, yeah. not they, all- they're they
1: they they raising the bar financially for people right so now people are like this fucking youtube star isn't even a very good boxer and he's getting paid this much money that actually gives us a little bit more bargaining power right of course he's bringing he's bringing the viewers right you can't argue with that right so of course he's going to get paid more money but it does it really does up the scale for guys who are actually pros and like i said it's just sports entertainment i just doesn't matter if it's a figure scare and a hockey player let's see who wins in a boxing match that's all it's just putting a rule set in between two different dudes and be like, try this and let's see who wins.
0: My my only concern, concern is that it might set like a dangerous precedent to some other people, like that anybody can just do it at that level. That's the
1: problem, right? You've seen, you, you see these little things popping up. Now and guys are getting hurt real bad. Yeah. Like he, Paul knocked out that basketball player. And like, there's guys again, going back to the getting a professional boxing license, right? Like you shouldn't, there's He's, gotta be more stipulations.
0: Yeah, there's no way yeah. that guy should have got a license. He was, what was it, Nate Robinson or whatever the hell? Yeah,
1: he
2: yeah, was, he almost died.
0: Oh, yeah, like that, to me, that was criminal because when that happened, that you could get, like, people die in that fucking ring. Like, the, mm-hmm. you could die in there. And, like, to put somebody with, what, maybe, like, one year of experience in there because some YouTube star wants to beat him up, to me, that's irresponsible on the part. I get the money. I
1: i agree i agree and that's why you're going to see a lot of these fights take place in states with real lax
0: yeah uh, commissions right <laughs> well there's so, there's quite a few of those around there right
1: yeah oh the u.s is crazy like that well,
0: right? I, well I think that fight might have been in ohio or something like that yeah
1: yeah it was it was Cleveland, in yeah.
0: ohio. ohio's like i fought in a barn in ohio like that's yeah like, they sanction shit in the barn like that, my music was playing. and I was outside the barn peeing because I have to pee. I get nervous bladder, so I always have to pee before a fight. And it's it's not a real pee, but like my they're like Ashton, get back in the barn. You got to fight. I'm like, okay, fine,
1: okay. Uh, we did the same thing. We fought in a place called Hicksville, Hicksville, Ohio, and it was in like it's and like yeah, a metal shed at the fairgrounds in a steel cage. It's insane.
0: Yeah, and but Americans love that shit. Like uh, yeah. The one thing I got to say about, well, I do love America, but the one thing I say about American fans is that they do love a Canadian fighter because every time, oh yeah, every time I've been down there and I've won, well, I've won most, almost all my fights, but every time we've been down there, I talked to the fans after like, man, we bought tickets cause we knew the Americans, you knew, we knew the Canadians were coming to beat up the Americans. We wanted to see the Canadians fight. So like, that's the one thing I know about, Americans is they do know Canadians when they come, they come to scrap and they actually, yeah. do, they, do, they do buy tickets just to see some Canadians beat the shit out of their own guys. It's yeah. kind of funny. That, yeah. that All the time.
1: It's, it's very, it is fun. Cause I was just there last weekend fighting and it, it is crazy. Like that. They, they, Can you American, a lot of Americans, they don't even think we're real. You know yeah. what I mean? They, we're like unicorns to those guys. Like, cause they don't have a very small percentage of americans have passports right yeah. and we're and we're very international with our travel stuff like that so like they uh, americans would never come here no. you know what i mean we always just go down there so when they see that so like, oh you're from canada oh okay near toronto yeah that's close enough sure whatever <laughs> they know where toronto is and they know where vancouver is kind of yeah. right so it's but yeah it's funny last weekend we we're there and because it was a pro-am all the amateurs sell the tickets and when they fight all their friends and fans leave right so we're the main event yeah in this place and there's probably 15 people there for the for the live show and then we sold more pay-per-views than it was people on the stands and there's still 10 of them up like usa usa i'm like they're patriotic and then we shit kicked the guy anyway right so
0: well like I, i like when back in the day when chris was still uh coaching and we had that that team from niagara and and uh we would go down he would get like five of us on a card and very rarely would we come back home where it wasn't 100 percent victory like yeah yeah they're they got different standards too who's gonna fight down there as well too right? yeah well i mean you could. let's be honest at the amateur level especially you can hand pick some of those fights down there oh
1: That's my cool. god you go fight a bowling alley any night you know what i mean like yeah there's some pretty some guys that should have no business being in there but man like I always look at those fights. Like, I look at someone for one, of my guys, I'm like, we should, we should murder this guy, but we're, we're still training to fight the best guy in the world. Like, the fights are, you gotta, you gotta practice training camps just like anything else. Right. So, you'd go, tra- it doesn't matter who you're competing against. Your training camp has to be badass. Right. So, it's just, yeah, it's just an opportunity to train properly and then go murder the guy in 10 seconds. <laughs> it happens.
0: Yeah. Now, like, one of the one things I wanted to ask you is, like, when you, when you're a young fighter and you think like, you know, you're invincible, the game's going to be around forever. And, you know, I get, I can continue doing this for forever. And what is like something like your advice to like a younger fighter who's, you know, maybe done something in the sport, but, you know, what's your advice to like, start looking to, well, I wouldn't say move on, but start the transition out of it. Because I think that's uh, a lot of, guys struggle with myself included oh. right um there's uh, there's obvious signs of when you should but i think like a lot of guys hold on to it because like you said it's the only thing they know for x amount of years and it's a scary thing to think about moving on so like what yeah. would be your advice to younger guys or even guys that are on the tail end that they should look out for uh
1: yeah, you know, and I say this line all the time to people and uh it's that a fighter dies twice. So you die when you retire and then you wait around until you die again and it yeah. sounds really sad. And that's how my life feels sometimes because I wasn't prepared for the end. So, so I think everyone that gets involved in it say, whether you're just getting going, you're in the middle or at the peak of your career, or someone who's coming out the tail end. Everyone should have a plan. And I talk about this quite a bit with my young guys. I'm like, if you have the work ethic to become a good fighter, a good athlete, a good competitor, an entertainer, you yeah. it, that takes a lot of work and a lot of skill. And it takes a lot of brains. If you have all those things, uh, you should be putting that effort into something else at the exact, exact same time as you're competing. Yeah. Because as much as training and fighting is a 24-hour-a-day job, it's not. You got, you know what I mean? There's a few hours of practice a day and then eating the right things and this and that. I'm like, okay, so yeah, you could be working a dead end job to pay the bills and just so you can fight. Or you could be fucking hauling ass, getting a trade done, going to school, doing all the right choices. So when your career does wind down, you're already sitting on a career. You know what I mean? You're not looking for what to do next. Like I said, if you have the work ethic and the skill to be good at this, you have it to be good at anything. Yeah, so you should you really should be like from the moment you get going, you should be planning for what's afterwards. Because no matter how good you are, how good you are, if you're the elite in the world, it ends. And it could end tomorrow on the mats when you when you hurt your knee or you yeah. get knocked out in practice or something bad happens. It could end any day. So you need to from the moment you decide you want to do it for real, you need to be planning something else at the same time. Like I said, get an education, invest your money properly, do a trade. It doesn't matter. Be planning for the future because let's say, even if you crack the top 10 or become a world champion, it's going to stop. The money's going to stop coming in. So yeah. you got to, and you don't want to listen. My, the end of my career, I thought I was invincible. My, the end of my career kind of came as a surprise because I hurt my neck really bad. Yeah. And I was just lost after that. Fortunately, I had my gym started already and it just kind of started growing. But like, Like, I understand that feeling. And I I wasn't done yet. I wasn't done yet. And, like, that's the problem with fighting is, like, the thrill is so amazing that it's so hard to let go of. So you get cut from a big show, you go back to the regionals, keep trying to get back there, chasing the dragon, chasing the dragon. And, like, it hardly ever happens, right? That's why you never see anyone go out on top, yeah, right? You can only think of a couple people that have done it. Everyone else falls off. They try to get it back. And eventually they're just...
0: That's why, hope, that's why I hope I Khabib never comes back.
1: I hope he, he won't. I don't believe he will.
0: I hope he, he's uh, the example for some people or like, achieve the pinnacle of your profession and then, you know, call it a day. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And it's funny that you gave that advice because my strength and conditioning coach said the same thing to me. He said, like, Ashton, you're involved in one of the hardest things a human being can do in terms of sport. in in, in life in general like fighting is just it's it's outrageous but he's like if you can do that if you can apply that work ethic to anything else and and it's only like when when the covid crap happened that's pretty much what i did i applied it Mm -hmm. to stuff and if i can give that advice to other people too it's it's don't put your all your eggs in one basket because Mm -hmm. even though i'm still active and still and still planning on competing like for me my journey was a lot of injuries right Mm-hmm. and and um it was, it was one after the other and it wasn't like anything that was my fault it was like some of it was overtraining but in mma it's hard to like not overtrain like yeah like you, you there's so many things you have to do and uh for me it was the guilt thing you know when you're at home like you already put in one session but you're absolutely fucking dead like you're tired but in your head you're like oh i gotta go back to the gym later and train more yeah When, you know, and then so one of the things I'm learning as I get older is like if I even have to ask that question or say that to myself, it's probably a good idea to stay the fuck home. Right,
1: man, that's the hardest part. man. like, especially the older you get, like your rest is just as important as the time you put on the mats. Yeah, spend it wisely, man. Mental maturity is everything. I still struggle with that, like still train two days just because I'm an idiot. It doesn't do me any good. Just keeps me from killing people you know what I mean? so <laughs> yeah but like true.
0: if i could give any advice anyways, if you ever have to be like should i go to the gym you should probably fucking stay home yeah if you have that nervous energy go for a jog or you know lift some weights but like uh like sometimes i have to I'll, I'll ask my wife i'll like call her i'll be on the road i'll be like oh, i'm gonna go to the gym now but i don't really feel like going to the gym she's like well you have to come home but i'm like no i don't want to come home she's like ashton if you even said that that mean that's She's like ninety percent of the time when you say that, I get a call later being like, "I'm on the way to the hospital because I heard something."
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, I know. What? It's the classic. One more beer. Yeah, now I get it. Um, Yeah, you know. So I'll give you. So going back to your question there, I'm like plan for the future. Of course, that's huge, right? Listen to your body, and uh, very important is now something we never did. Be is educate yourself on your injuries we always just tough shit out my generation and for what now everything's broken right yeah something's wrong go have it checked out figure out the fix i mean see if it's is it really worth it i've broken my neck was it worth it No. yeah it was but was it worth it probably not <laughs> you know what i mean it's like there but there's so many things that you could if we approach them from the get-go instead of putting them off you could prolong those careers think about the injuries you had from overtraining if you yeah. didn't Right, you'd be have other you'd have years stacked on the other side of your career, but you put Perfect. your foot on the gas when you didn't need to, and that's what happens. Every, right?
0: every one of my injuries, I was in the gym when I shouldn't have been in the gym. I, I like, and I'm I'm open about it because I want other people to learn mm-hmm. from my mistakes. Like when I tore my ACL the first time, I had done a full MMA practice, and I'm like, oh, let me stay for jujitsu class. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a fucking wrong decision. You just put in an yeah. hour and a half of hard MMA training and what ended up happening was a judo throw happened and I tore my ACL right yeah every time yeah. And then I recovered from that and I you know I went on and fought and then I made my pro debut and then I was fucked up from my pro debut because I herniated a disc in my back like two weeks before the fight so then that was like in December and then in January I'm like oh let me get back into it Right. And I, it was the same thing. I'm I'm training, training, training. And then I decide, oh, let me go to the gym on a Saturday and do some sparring. Even though I was dead tired and my back was hurting from still, I didn't address that issue. Right. I just fought with it. And what happened again? Judo throw. Partially turned yeah. ACL again. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every, injury, yeah. every time I've had a surgery, I can tell you I shouldn't have been in the gym that day. Like, yeah, I tore my pec. Same thing. I told my, yeah. I, I came home from work. I, I told my wife, I'm like, I don't feel like sparring today, but I'm going to go because, you know, I'll, you know, people are expecting me to be, no one was fucking care if I wouldn't be there. Right. But then I got there, tore my fucking pack. Right. So, yeah. uh, I, if there's one thing we can tell anybody that listens to this thing is if your body says no, listen to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'll, I'll give you one more because I know there's a lot of people like me, uh, with dealing with different fighters and athletes and people like me, or maybe potentially you over the years, like me fighting my whole life has been to, a it always looks like I'm chasing something or I'm running away from something. It's hard to tell. I think, but, but A lot of people like me, we get into this fighting and whatever else is because we're running, and because of. For me, it was because I had traumatic experiences as a child, and uh, some bad shit happened to me in throughout my childhood and all sorts of different things. And I've suffered from PTSD for many, many years. And uh, martial arts and fighting and everything else has always been my escape for that, right? And fighting is what made things where it's calm for me and where it's relaxed and like i said we like any drug we use it to escape from things from our past right and now the problem big part of the problems i'm having in my life is i didn't address those things i just buried it with competition and fighting and now like fighting's actually over and things that i didn't take care of uh when I was a younger person and whatever, or didn't know how to, now they've all caught up, and I've really got to like face some serious fucking demons and some past stuff, right? And I think that that's one of those things. Just like injuries, man, we really gotta like learn to address these problems, injuries, like whether it's external or internal. We gotta, you gotta like look at your life and fix yourself as a man or a woman, uh, because you can't run from shit forever, right? Every said so every. Everything comes to an end, and this is my this is my drug, and your drug, and whatever else. And one day you're not going to use it, be able to use it to cover up and and hide from the things that yeah. you, you buried down inside. So, just what's one more thing? If you've got some shit that's in from your past or things you need to repair, don't wait, man. Don't wait. It's not going to get any easier, right? And then because when this rides over, man, life's really hard already. So if you got things that have been haunting you, you better have already fucking taken care of it. That's,
0: that's a beautiful That's what question. I would say. And that resonates with me too because my like everyone has different reasons for fighting. Like a lot of people think like people fight because they're like maybe violent people or whatever. Some people have rough things in their life. For me, it was like I was brought up in a great home. I was lucky to have good parents who gave me a good life, right? But for me it was like the aggression was always suppressed so to speak mm-hmm. I was never allowed to express myself uh, aggressively so then when I saw fighting like when I saw the UFC and I saw jiu and stuff I was like "Ooh, that's cool I just wanted it I just wanted to do it because it was cool and then mm-hmm. when I was when I really got into it out of that white belt stage and I'm like this is a way, like I was never able to really physically express myself growing up because like like let's be honest, we live in Canada, like this is yeah you this is a privileged lifestyle, like if we actually travel the world and go see what other people go through, this is fucking gold, right, even in this shitty mm-hmm. time, this is gold, being here is gold, being in North America and living this life is like people will give up everything for it, right. So yeah. I, I I was suppressed like that. My, the, my ability to uh, express myself aggressively with control, I've never been able to do that. So when I actually did like my first experience kickboxing, I was, that was when I was at school in Windsor. Like I got my shit kicked in. Like they fucked me up and I went back to my dorm and I couldn't walk. And I'm like, Oh man. And then my, my roommate's like, why would you go? Are you going back? I'm like, fuck yeah. Like that was, <laughs> Oh, like, you know, when you get like, I've never been hit in my life and I got hit and like my head was hurting. I couldn't walk because my leg was Charlie horse for me. I'm like, I need to learn how to express myself like that. Not like a violent person on the street, but like in control. So for me, that's what fighting is. And mm-hmm. like, those were my demons that I had. And now that I've, I've, I've done this and I've competed in this sport and I, I I'm, I'm, to me, like, that's why I go to the gym, right? Yeah. I don't go to the gym because I, I love exercise that much. I do, but, like, I go to the gym because I get to express that aggression and I express that part of me in a very nice, controlled manner so that I can be a good fucking human outside of the yeah. world, right? Yeah. Because no,
1: I, I, I get it, yeah.
0: Because if you don't do that, if you don't find those things that express those things, that's when you do stupid shit and
1: that's oh yeah for sure it's easy to go yeah it's it's an outlet for so many that's why jiu-jitsu is important for people you can get out there and burn that off without really being you know that kind of fighter or being aggressive like me growing up i just i was the other way man i fought my whole life like my whole life i've been fighter like like yeah man and uh and just growing up growing up angry and scared, you know what I mean? So I fought I fought tooth and nail from since I was just some tiny little kid. And then then I saw the opportunity like to actually train and put it to use. Like that's what changed my life. Because I could all always fight, like just fucking good at it. And then but I didn't know how to do it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know the actual skill. I just knew I could up- fucking hit hard, up and guys easily. I just naturally can do it. I take the biggest fucking guy and I'm like, all right, well, I got this guy. Right. And then, then someone showed me the technique behind it, whatever else. And then it calmed me as a person. It made me a better person. And I'm like, now it's as I have a couple fighters on my roster. I'm like that. I'm like, they're like me and they're mad. And they're, you know what I mean? They had shitty childhoods or whatever else, all these things and I can relate to them. And I'm like fighting is what keeps you, keeps these guys from fighting and getting in trouble. Right. Like it's that, it's that thing and uh like yeah it was uh the greatest gift that, that ever i ever received was just someone giving me a gi and putting me on the mats because there's no question in my mind i would have died if i didn't find it yeah it like you know what i mean this have been to been to a lot of funerals and and uh that uh and you know and it easily could have been me i could have been like if i never left my hometown and took a chance but i wasn't even taking a chance you know i had nothing to lose I just did this and it worked out. It was the whole my the last twenty my years of my life has been a fucking dream, man. Yeah. I've been to 35, 35 fucking countries. I've been all over the world. I've fought the best guys, and you know what I mean. I've eaten in the nicest restaurants. I've flown <laughs> first class, and I've done all these amazing things that I didn't even know were possible and stuff, all because I can fucking.
0: As you can throw some punches,
1: so. yeah, I can take one and give one. But I think even more importantly, what put me in that position is is I use all my experience and knowledge and and is, is give back to other people in the end, and I think it's finally t- and it turned around and it kind of gave me what I got now in my life, you know I mean like I want other people to get the gift that I got. Like and uh, you know, what I mean, that's why I, I I learned. I fighting saved my life. It's ridiculous, it's just but it really did. I'm like, so I got to make sure that I can share that with other people because there's other people out there like me, man. It's just what we know how to do. you Just got to learn how to control it and make it work for you.
0: Well, before we wrap this up, I want to ask you one thing. I like to ask uh, all all the uh OGs this because their experience, you guys' experience, far outweighs mine. But like. In your opinion, what is the one trait, like, one trait that you take into a competition or a fight or just on the match that sets you apart from everybody else? Like, what was the one thing that you know I have over everybody?
1: Uh, For me, I don't know if I can nail one thing down. It depends on the – like – it, it competition or a fight, I'm I'm ready to fucking die, man. Yeah. Ready to die. I'll kill you. I don't want it's weird because I don't want to hurt anyone. I'm not that guy. I'm not malicious. Well if you and I were to fight, I'm like, thank you for the opportunity. I hope we both go home safe to our families. Yeah. But I'm gonna fucking kill you before I let you kill okay. me. That's just it. I don't want to hurt you. I want you to stop. That's it. Yeah, uh, and that I have that mentality when it comes to competition and, and life and whatever else. But the other thing, I think, what separates me more than anyone else, and I think you you've been around me and you know it, and you've seen what I help build and whatever else. I'm like, man, I, I, I'm very introverted. I don't like being around people very much. You'd never know it because of the pre- what I do, yeah. but I'm like, I really, I, but I really do like people and i want everyone around me to be better so i'll do whatever i got to do to make everyone else better around me and make them feel better and perform better and be better people i just want the world to be a better place than when i found it so like so i have to give put into the world like the only way i know how to make that possible is is use what was given to me and that was to fight so if i can teach other people to fight and hopefully put them on the path and give them the same skills that i got then I'm gonna leave the
0: world better than when I fucking got here. There you go. That's that's beautiful, Professor. It's beautiful. Thank you. Anyway, thank you, thank you for your time, Professor. That was uh, no
1: problem, man. It was, was like your so,
0: bud. Learn so much from you guys every time I talk to you, and uh, I can't like uh, I can't wait to get back on the match with you and and just
1: we you know, will soon. We yeah. will soon. Uh, we got some really awesome stuff uh, happening out. There this way so when you're ready to get back to it and you're healthy you let me know and i'll tell you where
0: to be all right well we'll we'll talk off off air and uh (laughs) you got it man
2: you got it
0: everybody for joining us for another episode of grind my gears don't forget to fucking subscribe and like everybody's like "Oh, oh your show's good i enjoy your podcast then fucking show some love subscribe share stop being assholes it's fucking easy just click the button please you
1: got it Thank hey you. and uh yeah. yeah check out please follow me on instagram it's at unwanted ltr
2: yes that's my
1: that's my new business and uh like i said i have i love my job i get to help a lot of people out it's a, it's a very fulfilling job and it's fun as hell so yes if you have yeah, tactics
0: that you don't want anymore that is the guy to go. See. Yeah,
1: we trust. There's a lot of the bad ones out there. You wouldn't believe the shit I've seen in the last few months. So.
0: Oh, I my yeah. wife. Before we, we end this, my wife watches a lot of that Ink Master show, and then yeah, yeah, some of them on there that I'm like, fuck no. If you put that on me, oh. I would have punched that guy in the face. <laughs> uh,
1: I've got let's like I've got I can't I I'm coming up with something. So I've got hours and hours of like footage now. You wouldn't believe the shit that people do. It's crazy. So like I'm gonna come up with my own show. If All right.
0: Follow Professor Bruckman at un, un, what's, the, uh, what's the link?
1: Unwanted, un, unwanted LTR.
0: Unwanted LTR. All right. Thank yeah. you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, tune in for next time. Buddy, thank you for watching. Please do me a favor click the like below, share on YouTube, share on Instagram, share on Facebook, spread the word so I can keep creating more content for you, and keep providing you with a great podcast experience. Peace out.